What's going on, everybody? We're back with another Sunday talk. Doing it a little late this time, but it's all good. We're still getting the episode to you guys. Uh, so we got five questions today. A little, a little easy, a little easy episode. So uh, yeah, we'll just go right into it. The first one from our forever freshman or my forever freshman uh, at Thomas underscore Damrell. Uh, how do you guys feel about the play in tournament? I'll start with Liam this time. Just like, like, do you like it? Not like it? I don't know. I haven't really been a big fan of it so far. I feel like it gives advantages to teams that are hot towards the end of the season and they have the ability to sneak into a 10 seed, which a 10 seed should be a lottery pick at this point. I mean, and they have a chance to make it. Like, for example, the Hornets have the 10 seed in the East and they probably have a good chance to make the playoffs the way that they've been playing. I just don't understand it. I'd rather have a full 82 game schedule. I'd rather have, you know, that stats are staying the way they are that like, get, like people are gonna be able to go after, you know, the points records and all that stuff like that. I'm just not a big fan of it. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I think it's more exciting a little bit because we have the one game series to pay attention to, but otherwise I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it. Interesting. What about you, Jose? I think from the player's perspective, like if I'm a player, I'm mad as fuck about this rule. Like, uh, it was understandable to have in the bubble because of the way the season got cut. And, you know, there's no way we were going to know how things were going to play out by the end of the season. But, like, they played basically a full season this year. I don't think there's a need for a play-in. We know which teams are really, like, going to be there. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I feel that 100%. Like, for the players, like, that must suck. Like, you work, like, so hard the whole season and just for you to, like – like, you get all the way, like, through the season just to, like, maybe, like, be done in, like, a game or two. Like, that is, like, super frustrating. But, dude, for us, like, the play-in is awesome. Like, for the fans, like, the last, like, week or two, it's, like, more playoff atmosphere. For, like, And it's, like, it, like, you know, uh, it makes you, like, not want to tank. It, like, there's more teams that are, like, much more competitive. They don't just, like, want to fall off um and tank the rest of the way they're like oh shoot like i have a chance to, like get into that playing tournament that's all that's all i need because once you're in the tournament then anything can happen i feel like so i like it from the fans wise but i completely get like why players are hating on it yeah um so next question from our uh friend of the show uh ibrahim we got boston has been nice the last half of the season do they have a shot at the finals um me no chance, um, especially without Brown. Uh, Jose, I'll start with you this time. Uh, how do you think? I mean, I'm not saying it can't. We've seen crazier things happen, but I'm saying they need to step up if they really get there, um, especially Kemba, and they've got to be able to get through the nets. Yeah, and I just kind of going off of that, I mean, Brown it was so versatile as a two-way player. It's just, you know, you have basically – the replacement for them is two players. You have Marcus Smart's defense and you have Evan Fournier's offense. So it's good that they went out there and got Fournier, but I just don't think there's no way they're beating a healthy Nets or a healthy Sixers. Like, they don't have enough guys out there to guard those perimeter guys on that team. And just to have to put all the weight on there and Jason Tatum and a guy like Kemba who's been struggling this season, who's been picked up as of late, though, which is good, that you're going to be putting on the role that all those guys – uh, now to pick on to, you got to put some of the smaller rules onto people like, you know, Peyton Pritchard, who's putting a lot of pressure on a rookie or, you know, semi Ojale, all these guys out there. I just don't think it makes sense that Boston has a chance. I think the second round is about as far as they're going to get, and then they're going to get eliminated. 
Yeah, I don't even see them getting in the second round, honestly. I just think it would take, like, Embiid or one of the Nets guys or Simmons to, like, get injured for them to, like, potentially have a shot. And I don't know. They, just, they don't have it this year. I think for them it's just, like, regroup and then just really, like, you know, figure out first what they're going to do in the front office and then from there figure out, like, just getting, like, quality guys around Tatum and Brown because, like, you have, like, a generational, like, all-time duo – like you just need to figure out the right pieces around them. Like you already have the two stars. You just, uh, you know, need to build that. Uh, that Get a competent center. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like find some inside presence and especially like you know, Durant and B, there's so many guys that would just would dominate uh, against them. So yeah, go out and find a center. That's why I wanted them to get Vucevic. That, I think that would have been exciting, but I don't think they had enough for to get Vuce. Um, so next question, again, homie of the show, shout out Chase. He asked, do you think NBA refing has become too soft? Players getting teased for no reason. This one, we can talk about this one forever, but Liam, I'll start with you. Um, NBA refing, is it too soft now? I mean, I've seen some instances in the past where it's been bad. I think the most notable one, like a couple years, I mean, not a couple years ago, like almost 20 years ago when Tim Duncan was playing, he got a tech for laughing. And then there's, like, some stupid ones, like the Luca one the other night. Like, he, like, just patted the ref's back as he was, like, going up for a layup and just using his momentum. He got feet up for that. It's just BS. And, like, I was looking at the numbers, and, like, Dwight Howard has, like, 17, and Luca has 16. I didn't even know that was that many technicals. I mean, they don't show him enough on the media, but that's just crazy numbers to see from me. But I think – one thing that it kind of goes away from is it doesn't let these rivalries happen. If you can't let these guys chirp at each other, there could be no, like, rivalries. We want the old school, you know, like, bad boy Pistons versus the Bulls kind of thing where these guys are chirping at each other, but they don't let them chirp. Like, let the guys play. I understand if it's getting physical, but, like, if they're just talking shit to each other, why should they be getting technicals? Yeah, 100%. What about you, Jose? Yeah, I mean, we saw LaMelo get tossed the other day for – just moving a ref's hand while he's running or something. It's just ridiculous. I think, like, it's a contact sport. If they touch them on accident or something or just, like, in their momentum, are you really going to toss them for that or give them a technical? Like, I don't know. It does, it's it's dumb. It's just- yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's annoying. But also, I think, like, like the players have just earned, like, the, the refs, like, like, being the softness kind of fragile in a sense because, like, guy like everyone just constantly constantly complains it's like if they don't make the shot like if they just straight up miss like it's always like complaining for foul calls you know if they miss it's like oh where, where's the foul they're just like going in on these refs so it's like I feel like just like the guys like constantly yelling at the refs they're just like their patience is just low so now it's like when you have a little thing like that like you know getting tapped or like well, what Lamella did it's like all right like I don't have patience for this you guys are yelling at me all game for for you know all these foul calls. So I, I do like get it, but it just does suck to see. Cause it's like, there's people getting like, it's a, a league about stars and then you're throwing stars out for like the bare minimum when it should be nothing. So it, it's just annoying. Um, anything else on the refs? I think it's just a huge pace changer too. Like when it's a technical foul late in the game and their team has momentum and then you stop the game to shoot these free throws, it can really like mess up a momentum of a game. And like, it, like you said, it's just BS. To see, like, players having, like, that many techs in the season, like, and they're definitely not all warranted. I mean, you have to throw them out there because you can't let these guys just go crazy out there. But at the same time, like, yeah, let, let the boys, like, 
chirp at each other. Like let the rivalries sink in because there's really no authentic rivalries in the league anymore. I think the tech being the tech rules being soft do not help it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you're getting texts for like trash talk. I mean, trash talk's been going on for you know the whole duration of the NBA. So yeah, it's just weird. But uh, next question got Jose asking us uh, how does Albert Pools fit in with the Dodgers? I don't know, Jose. How does Albert Pools fit in with the Dodgers? See, this is something I've been thinking about since the other day when he was he was in trade rumors. I was like, where could he fit? But then I was like, okay, he said he doesn't want to sit on a bench and just like. I'd ride a bench, right? And I'm like, dude, okay, you're 41. You're not who you used to be. He can probably get some get some lefty at-bats off the bench, like against a lefty. Yeah. Um, but I, didn't, I couldn't think of, like, a team where he could start at all, unless you're talking about the Orioles or something. But I don't think he would want to play there. <laughs> so I, then I was like, okay, he goes to the Dodgers. Is he coming off the bench? Like, is he even playing at all? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. If if he doesn't if like if he doesn't want to ride the bench, the Dodgers is like the last place he should have wanted to go then. Is he taking yeah. Turner? Yeah, I mean yeah, going off that, way. like Lux is the no young DH. guy. There's no DH for him on the Dodgers, so Yeah, I mean Lux is the young guy that came out there. They got Seeger, Turner, and Muncie are both playing all star level this year. So I mean, basically, I mean to answer that question in a different fact. He just fits the role of being a solid bench bat who's going to be a veteran for them, which is good. I mean, he's one of the all-time greatest first basemen we've ever seen. So he's going to be able to give, you know, some good advice to those guys out there. You know, the young guys like Bellinger, uh, Lux, Smith, and so on and so forth. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, he's like, you got to ride the bench because he's not going to a team where he can play a DH. He's just going to pinch hit some attempts and maybe get some off-day um, starts. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he'll – He'll get his PT, you know, once, like, the Dodgers starting to, to rest their main guys, uh, you know, maybe down the stretch or something. But, I mean, yeah, you, you touched on it. Uh, you know, great locker room guy. He's been in the big moments before. I mean, this is someone that hit three home runs in a World Series game. Uh, you know, he he knows what it takes to, to win in the postseason. Uh, you know, a mentor for these guys and just a, yeah, a solid veteran presence. I mean, that's – I mean, that's got to be really it, the main reason why you sign him just for, for what honestly what he brings off the field more than what he's going to – you know, be able to provide yeah. you on the field. So, um, and then finally, our last question coming from our boy at JJ Dumars. Uh, what NFL matchups are you most excited for? And then who are your divisional winner predictions? Um, so our matchups, you know, we're going to plug our video, you know, we'll put it up there somewhere, put in the, the link below. We already got our video for the matchups we're excited for. You guys can go and watch that and then come back to this. So we'll just go straight to our, divisional uh, uh, winners. I'll start with you, Liam, this time. Uh, give me your NFC teams first, and then Jose will yeah. you can give yours. Yeah, so without kind of giving any background information, for the West, I'm taking the Rams. For the North, hot take, I'm taking the Vikings. For the South, I'm taking the Buccaneers. And for the East, I'm taking the Giants. What about you, Jose? All right, I'm going to start with the South. The South – I'm taking the Bucks. The North, I will also take the Vikings. The West, I'm going Cardinals. And the East, I got to rock with Dallas. Mm, had to. Um, I, I picked someone different for the East. I got the football team. Uh, Fitzmagic coming in. Their defense is already stacked, ready to go. They won it last year, so I'm picking them to win it again. 
Uh, I also do have the Bucks in the South, and I chose the Packers just because I mean, if, with Rodgers there and Rodgers like somewhat invested, I think you know they've just owned this division. I don't see why they couldn't do it again. And then the West, I also have the Rams. I just think uh, Stafford uh, is just you know the missing piece that uh, you know this team's been needing. So. Um, Any team can win the North. I mean, the uh, not North, the West, though. That's the thing. Yeah, honestly, like, the Cardinals but, might be, like, the worst pick, but they're talented as hell. Like, they yeah, got D-Hop, they got Watt, they got Simmons, yeah. they got Buda Baker. They got tons of dogs. All four teams can win. You can pick the Seahawks, any of the four teams, and you're like, I, you can't argue with them at all. Every team has an argument, for sure. Yeah. Even, like, the South. I mean, like, the Saints, like, like – yeah, you know, quarterback situation is a little weird, but the Saints still have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Um, I like the Panthers as like a sneaky, you know, uh, kind of worst to first kind of, uh, you know, bold prediction. Um, and then the Falcons, I think, you know, their offense is going to be crazy. So the South is a, is really solid division too. But um, what about your AFC picks? I'll start with you this time, Jose. Uh, who you got for the AFC? Uh, East, I'm taking the Bills. West. Bills Mafia. West, I'll go Chargers. Oh, no, by like, by like a game. Okay. Um, north, I'm taking the Browns, and South, give me the Colts. Yeah. Okay. For sure. What about you, Liam? All right. So in the East, I'm taking the Dolphins. Go Fins, baby. All right. In the West, I'm taking the Chiefs. But, I mean, I know Jose has the Chargers. I think besides – I think it's going to be a three-team race. I honestly think the Broncos, you know, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy that starts for them this year. It's They are a talented defense. They're going to be a top-five defense this year. They have so many weapons on offense. I think it's going to be a tough race, but I'm giving it to the Chiefs. They've proven that they've done it before. The North, I'm taking the Browns. As talented as they are, as much as I want uh, the Ravens to win, I'm taking the Browns. And the South, I'm taking the Colts. Uh, yeah, mine was similar to Jose's. Yeah, East, I had the Bills still. Even though I do, it's – that's going to be, like, a week, like, 18, I feel like, decider between, like, them and the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to be really close with them. On the South, I have the Colts. I, I'm, like, all in on the Colts this year. Like, I I, I fully believe, like, Wentz is going to have, like, a bounce-back year. Um, I got the Browns in the North. Um, really like their squad and the Chiefs. But, dude, the Chargers, like – I can see it, man. The Chargers made some nice offseason moves, but it's hard. It's hard to pick against the Chiefs. Hey, the Chiefs do have, and they obviously were exposed in the Super Bowl for everyone to see. And I think teams are gonna teams are gonna catch on to that. The Chargers yeah, aren't healthy their enough. Line was garbage for the Super Bowl. I think they could pull it out. I mean, we saw the Raiders beat the Chiefs last season. Okay, a healthy Chargers team should be a Super Bowl contender every year. They have Bosa, Ingram, one of the best safeties in the league, who's probably the most underrated safety since he hasn't played so long in German James. And then they got a decent secondary now. They lost a lot of their guys. But, like, an up-and-coming linebacking core, one of the best receivers in the league, one of the best talented arms. It was Lamar's rookie year. wasn't that the year like the Chargers played the, yeah. the Ravens? They beat, they they beat, beat them in Baltimore. Yeah, and then they got whooped by the, the Patriots. That season, like that Chargers team, I thought was like for show going to the Super Bowl. It was like Bosa, Ingram, Eckler. I think that was Eckler's like massive fantasy year. Um, 
like dude that team was raw and it's i mean they're practically like the same you know similar roster except you know then you got herbert upgrade the o-line like yeah you, it's exactly right like they should be a super bowl contender every year that roster is always super stacked there's no pick i think that i'm very very confident they're gonna win so i see there's either a two-team or in the nfc west a four-team race for the division that i could see happening yeah like the north it's like oh like i think it's gonna be like browns ravens like neck and neck i think like Colts, I mean, Colts, Titans, like, that's pretty close. Bills, Dolphins, and, then, I mean, can't count out, count out the uh, Patriots. Yeah, dude, it's tough all around. I think the North should be, like, the easiest one, but even that, it's like, you know, who knows? Fields could come out and just be, like, you know, lead the lead the Bears to, you know, a good season or something like that. RG3, bro. RG3 rookie yeah. season shit, bro. Yeah. yeah, dude, you never know. But um, all right, that's gonna do it. That was our last question. Uh, thank you guys so much for submitting the questions. We we love doing these episodes. Uh, anything else from you guys? Keep sending in more questions. Yeah, it's playoff time, NBA, MLB still in full swing, NFL off season. Yeah, literally just drop a uh, drop a question in our comments, and we'll just like answer it. I mean, you know, we're always checking in on that. Or DM us, literally, just like at any time. We're always down for questions. Thanks. Yeah, we we'll talk more about record predictions in the in the coming weeks. Who knows if that'll be next week's episode? But stay tuned for more. We'll definitely have. More. Yeah, we'll get there. We're gonna need some more time to see. Yeah, like see like what's up with training camp and stuff. Have they? Uh, they've already started. Have they already started practice? Rookie rookie mini camp. They got rookie ETN at wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. He, he's an interesting fantasy guy. How they're gonna use him? Yeah. Flex God. Yeah, flex God. But uh, yeah, without further ado, that's going to be it for this Sunday talk. And then we'll see you guys next week with, uh, I don't know. We're going to get content. you guys a video, though. A video uh, is coming. So without further ado, peace.